0: hey there welcome to the favorite church podcast we are a church for imperfect people who want to know god and make him famous in this episode we'll be hearing from our senior pastor james Aiden. hey good morning everybody welcome to church welcome to alert level one so good to have you here hey last week last week was a good week in church and we, uh, we, I started uh, preaching uh, something called Dream Again, and it's a little series that we're gonna do. I'm preaching today. Uh, Woolham's gonna be preaching next week, and uh, you're preaching next week, you know that. <laughs> Dream Again, and last week was wild. It was fun, it was one of the funnest services I've ever been a part of because we announced some pretty cool things it was a great it was a good message dream again inspiring everyone left inspired the metaverse people still don't even know what that is but we're going on it Uh, our building fund that we have launched because we're believing for a building of our own land in a building and then also the little little tiny news that we're taking favor church to brisbane australia as well which is awesome and it was one of those messages that people leave inspired in fact it would have been the perfect message to preach if i was a traveling preacher right because traveling preachers have it so easy they get to come into a church and they get to preach this inspiring message dream again you can do it the devil hasn't taken everything god's bigger dream again and then they they have a huge everyone's like yeah i love that sermon i love that preacher and then they leave and they get to go back to wherever they are but then you're still left with an unfulfilled dream so thank god i'm not a traveling preacher thank god i'm your pastor and thank god that i preached an inspiring message last week but today i'm going to preach the next step of that message because a lot of people in this room are still living in unfulfilled dreams you're living in the disappointment of your dream not yet happening how about those that were inspired but they they still feel a little bit bad because they haven't been able to start their dream how about a lot of you that are dreaming again but the finish line just seems so far away how do you handle the pressure and many times the disappointment of unfulfilled dreams dreams that have not come to pass I've been a parent for seven years now and I know a lot (laughs) I don't I know nothing right come on you you never know anything really Kate and I are parents and uh, we have different parenting styles Uh, we we believe in the same things core belief but a lot of the things that we do are actually quite different in our styles and how we parent one of the things that we are a little bit different on is how we respond when our children fall over and hurt themselves right i don't know if you ever i don't know if you understand but kids are smart they're a lot smarter than what we think they are they they're smart they're little sharks some of them they they're smart and what will happen a lot of times And and if you know this, you'll know, a kid will fall over, right? They'll fall over, and it'll hurt a little bit, but you know, it's fine, they'll fall over. They'll look up, and they will look to the reaction of their parents to then see how they will respond in that situation. Now, Kate and I have different reactions. Kate is the mother. She birthed them out. That was so graphic, I don't know why I did that she carried them for nine months and then cut it out of this womb right and it was amazing i was there for all three so kate is a mother a mother is a protector of her her little hands, a mother hen and so every time with our children when our kids fall over they look up and kate's like oh my god are you okay right they come to and my kid will look at that you all three of them they'll look they'll see her reaction straight away they'll be like and they'll start crying they'll get upset and kate's solution to everything everything is put an ice pack on it everything and I'm, I'm not even exaggerating like to the point now where like my children will scratch themselves scratch not a bump not a hit nothing that has affected the muscle or the bone they'll scratch themselves and especially Cece would be like, I need ice, I need ice! <laughs> it's ridiculous. Me, on the other hand, my parenting style, I lo- and if you know me, you know I adore my kids. I'm a very loving, affectionate father. But I also want them to grow up and not be weird adults. Because even adults sometimes when they're in their job and something happens to them that's bad, they look up. Oh. Yeah, now it just got a little awkward for some of y'all. <laughs> that's me. You said a bad word, I need ice. Right, so that's not me. I am, I'm not, I'm not tough love, I'm not the tough love guy, I am so affectionate, but I, I if my kid falls over and they hurt, they're gonna hurt themselves, but I don't wanna to add to the emotion and the stress of it. So a lot of times, this is how I respond, I'm like, hey, hey, you're okay, get up, get up. And I'll say this, shake it off. Shake, shake it off. And a lot of times they'll get up and they'll, they'll hit themselves and, and I'll go, shake it up. And then the song came and I would go, shake it off. Shake it off, right? If you want more, come back to the 4 p.m. service. Right? And what happens is, is that my child will see my reaction, and their reaction will actually now be based on my reaction, and I've just put courage, I have just put, cur- encouragement is putting courage in. I've put courage into them that they don't, they don't have to lose their mind that they can actually get up and continue life and they don't need a freaking ice bath, that they can move on because we want to shake it off. The title of my message today is this, Shake It Off. Shake it off. The unfulfilled dream that you have and the baggage that has gotten a hold of many of us because of it, today is the day that we need to shake it off. God in heaven, I'm telling you, He is the unstressed parent. If you're going through a hard time, He's not up in heaven going, oh my God, put eyes on it. He's chill, He knows the beginning from the end. He knows that you're going to get through this. He knows the dream that he's given you. And God's the unstressed parent going, hey, I'm with you. I'm going to equip you. But come on, let's shake it off. Let's go back to our text that we talked about last week. Abram. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. It says that After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram, who is obviously Abraham before his name was changed. And it was in a vision. This is God speaking. He said, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my state is Eleazar of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. And then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is in your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside, took him out of his tent, he said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abram was given a promise at the age of 75 about his inheritance. It took him 25 years for the God fulfillment of that dream to occur. He made a lot of mistakes along the way. And I'm sure he felt the burden of waiting for that dream to come to pass, just like so many of us have had to wait. So how do we live in this tension of unfulfilled dreams and shaking off the disappointment that will undoubtedly come in this season of an unfulfilled dream that we're living with? How do we dream so big that we need God Yet include God so much on the journey that the dream doesn't crush us Here's a couple thoughts that I have today. The first is this is that we have to start the race Abraham couldn't just sit in his tent and go God You're gonna give me inheritance. You're gonna give me more of a generational blessing of people than I could count in the stars. Abraham couldn't just sit in the tent and wait there and pray and hope that God would make it happen. You know what he did? He had to take the promise of God and he had to partner with it. He had to do something to make it happen. All the kids are in kids' church. You know what he had to do. By your reaction, I don't think you know what he had to do. The inheritance was a blessing he had to go to be with his wife he had to do something he couldn't just stay in his tent he had to partner with God I talked about this concept last week this concept of the fact that the hardest thing about a dream is that the dream is the finish line and so when we see the dream we see the finish line And when we see the finish line, so many times it can become a bit daunting, a bit overwhelming, because at the finish line, you already had to go through the race. But a lot of us don't. We just see the dream, and we see the unfulfillment of it. And we go, God, why? God, why? So slow, God, why? But we don't realize we're in a race. When I was younger, I don't want to make a big deal about this, but I was a pretty good runner. The irony of me being a good long distance, not a sprinter. I wasn't a sprinter. I was actually quite a good long distance runner. The irony of that is that I've grown up to absolutely abhor running. I hate it. I think people that run, I don't understand you at all. They run. You know, people just get out, they run, they're like, oh, I feel so alive when I'm running. Like I feel dead inside when I run. Right? It never says run with the Lord, it says walk with the Lord, right? I was following the Bible. I hate but when I was younger, I was actually quite a good, I was actually, I was actually a, pretty good, a pretty good, I think my fastest time, no, my fastest time for ever running a mile was five minutes and nine seconds, right? That's okay. Like, I'm not the best, but I'm not the worst, right? I remember I would do cross country, cross country runs, right? To do a cross country run, there's a couple things that have to happen. One, you gotta actually train to do it. You can't just show up and run. The people that would show up and run, you would run by them because they'd start sprinting and they'd be out there, and then within 500 meters, they're dead already. On the day of the race, you got to get up. You got to put your shoes on. You got to put your your clothes on. You got to turn up to the race. You got to prepare. You got to get your water ready. You got to do all these things even before the race has started, and then you know what you have to do when the most important thing about being in a race is starting the race you can't finish the race unless you ever start the race and so many of us have these dreams so many of us walked out from last week go god i've got this dream i've got this dream and unfortunately sometimes we think that god is this genie in the bottle that if we just wish it, then God will make it happen. But every miracle that I have seen in my life has involved God working through me or through somebody else. God partners with his people. He partners with his people to see miracles come and miracles happen. When God put the dream in the young shepherd boy, David, that he was going to be king of Israel, he was anointed. Samuel, the prophet, came, and he, he looked through all his older brothers. His kuyas were there, and he said, nope, 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 there's got to be another one. And they said, where, where, there's got to be another one. And so uh, his father, Jesse, said, oh, there's another one out out in the farm, you know, you know why theologians actually believe he was out there and he didn't get brought forward because they actually believe that David was actually had outside of wedlock as well. So he's kind of this this son that is not. He's just kind of out there. He, he he's you know not really doing. Anything. Comes he gets anointed. This will be the next king of Israel. Do you know what he does the moment after he gets anointed to be the next king of Israel? He goes back to his sheep, yeah. and you know what he does? He protects his sheep. The story tells us that he protected his sheep from the lion. I I, I think even before the lion, there would have been little wolves, right? There would have been little things that he protected. Uh, the, the, The scriptures tell us that he protected his sheep from the lion and from the bear. Before he protected the nation from Goliath, he protected his sheep. He started the race in the back paddock where nobody was looking, where nobody cared about, he was protecting his sheep. Before he protected a nation, he protected sheep. Before he led the whole nation, he led 400 of the worst ratbags, criminals, gangsters, angry people. They all met in a cave called adulam. And he led 400 of the worst annoyed people, everyone, Issue. Everyone from other churches came to him with all their issues from all the other churches. There's thieves, there's murderers, there's everyone in there. And before David actually stepped into the God dream of leading the nation, he had to leave 400 of the hardest people to lead. Before David got into the palace, he just had to start the race. God's given so many people dreams of the palace, whatever that looks like to you whatever that palace dream is whatever that God dream is and my encouragement my challenge to you today is this stop sitting in your tent praying for it to happen and get out of the tent look at the stars and go God what's my first step what do I need to do in this season you know it's a lot like salvation when we talk about Jesus when we talk about the person of Jesus Jesus is absolute perfection he's perfect and so we look at jesus and he is perfect and we look at ourselves and we go we're nowhere near that some of us when we come into church we look at other more mature believers that have been christians for a long time and we look at them and we go man how i'm never going to be like that they're they're so much more mature they've got it all together i'm telling you you will never ever start out that way but you will never become that way unless you start Acts 3, verse 19, it says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. When we repent in our relationship with Jesus, when we repent, we've started the race. And our sins are wiped out. God is not asking for your perfection, but he's asking that you start. Our sins are wiped away, and we begin this race of now becoming a mature believer, becoming more and more like Jesus every single day. When it comes to your dream, don't let the size of your dream scare you. Let the size of your God inspire you. When I look at Christ and the perfection that He is, I don't sit here and go, oh, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. I look at God and go, God, with you I can become more like that every single day. But you have to start. You gotta start. On your seats today is this. Everyone grab this out. Everyone grab this out. This is our favor building fund. If you missed last week. Uh, welcome to some pretty exciting news we've just started a building fund and my challenge last week was from the student to the business owner the student challenging to give up a coffee or two a week to give to this over and above tithe. that we want to put a stake in the ground of metro manila and not just one this is just the first we want to have buildings all over the country and what god is going to do you can go to that website. You can scan the QR code. We're even uh, doing NFTs. Is, is the million-dollar NFT up? We've launched, have we launched it yet? We're, oh, I think this week we're launching a million-dollar NFT. So pray someone buys it. <laughs> It'd be awesome. But we got this building fund, right? And I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this building fund. You know how this building fund started? It started with conversations that I was having with my dad. Love my dad. My dad my mom, they're going to be moving to the Philippines in about June, July, which is really exciting. Sorry with my dad. And my dad would say, James, you need, a, you need to hurry up and start a building fund in your church, right? And I, the conversation would go, yes, 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 I know. Have you ever had a, a conversation with a parent when they're telling you, or a leader, and they're telling you and you know they're right? And you just, yes, 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 I know, I know. So I'd be like, constantly. And he would always basically say along the lines of, you know, you'll only raise money for a building when you actually have a building fund. No building fund, no money raised. And, and I'd be like, yes, 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 I know. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, but you know, there's stuff going on, COVID, and, and we just moved in the crown, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm always like putting off there. There's always a better time to do it. And I kind of put them off for a few months. Then one day I was having lunch with one of the business guys in our church. And I was having lunch. Isn't it amazing how God, a lot of times God will speak to you we're waiting for the voice from heaven but sometimes god uses the donkey in front of you right sometimes he uses a jackass right in front of you just to speak to you now as i'm saying that i i I just want to make the the separation the story i'm about to tell you about the businessman he is not a donkey i just want to make that really clear he's not a donkey As I was saying, I'm like, uh, maybe they might imply it. No, but I'm just saying that sometimes God uses donkeys in your life. And sometimes he uses beautiful white stallions, right? Or black stallions, which is who this business person was. So I'm having lunch with this business person, not a donkey, but a beautiful black stallion. Um, They don't look like it, but they are spiritually and emotionally a beautiful black stallion. And, uh, and we're having lunch, and we're talking about stuff, and, and he said to me, he goes, uh, Pastor, can I share something with you? I want to share something. Like, yeah, go ahead. He goes, a couple weeks ago, I was worshiping, and I was worshiping the Lord, and I felt the Lord, and I paraphrase what he said. I felt the Lord speak to me and said, I've helped you build your house. It's time for you to build my house, wow. right? Like physically build my house. And, uh, and he, goes, so he goes to me, he goes, so, uh, Pastor, this is one of the best conversations you could ever have with Pastor. He goes, Pastor, would you mind? If I got together some of the business guys and and we started a separate fund and, and started putting money in for our future land and our future building, right? My response was, you know when you know that you should have done it? You should have listened, but then God brought a donkey? But really, they're a stallion, <laughs> right? And I actually said, I said, Ugh. I said, I'm actually so excited that you said that. But I'm I'm annoyed because I should have said it, I should have done it. And straight away in that one lunch, we talked, we created a strategy. It was just the push. It was a push that I needed to now. Now we're here, and now we're here. Do we have a piece of land? No, we don't. Do we have a design of a building? Not outside of my head, it's definitely in my head. We don't have it, but we're never gonna get there unless we start with something here. The dream, the dream is the convention center. The dream is buildings all over Manila and the Philippines and around the world. That's the dream, but if I just sit here and go, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming, and I never do something about it, guess what? That's the dream, this is the start. This is the start. And you can start this week with here. Don't put it off. Stop looking at the distance of the race or the size of the giant and start looking at the size of your God. And just start the race. Second thought today is this, is that we're going to live in this tension. we got to be faithful in the day-to-day. Once you've started the race, the next challenge is keeping in the race. And when we're keeping in the race, this is when we begin to carry the baggage of disappointment. This is the unexpected storms in our life that that, that get in the way of us reaching these dreams. It's the unexpected deaths. It's the job loss. It's the COVID of the last two years. It's the relationship breakdowns. These are the things that tests our faithfulness to the dream that God has given us. But this is also the opportunity that you have to shake it off. It's a great thought that Peter has in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse six. He says this, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. These are incredible two verses. A lot of times we love reading these two verses. They're amazing, they're great. You know, cast your anxiety, cast your cares on him. He cares for you. But a lot of times we don't read verse eight, and this is verse eight, it starts at be alert, and it says this, be alert and of sober mind, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion for someone to devour. So a lot of times we read this, and and we'll see this, we'll go, okay, humble ourselves, yes. I got to humble myself, and once I do that, you know, under God's mighty hand, not just humility anywhere, but under God, humble myself, he's going to lift me up, I'm going to cast all my anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for me, and we read it, we're like, yes, yes, but we have to read the, the verse eight, because verse eight comes directly after verse seven, and so the context matters. It's directly related to him. And and these are great promises that we have and great directions that we have, but we've gotta realize that the devil is coming around you like a roaring lion prowling to steal your dream. So Peter's saying, be humble, cast your cares, come under the mighty hand of God. But then he says this, be alert and be sober-minded because the devil is coming. Because however you just humbled yourself and came unto God and gave him your anxiety, the devil is coming and he wants to steal your peace away. He wants to steal your dream away. Already this week after we announced the building fund, someone sent me some land. We're gonna go have a look at it. About 11,000 square meters, right? Somewhere down in, uh, in, in near Sheridan and Pioneer Street, right? But the asking price is 5.2 billion pesos. <laughs> right? Too expensive, but still. Do you know what happened in that moment when I got the price for it? I was in the middle. You know what happened? The devil just began to come around me. Five billion. It's never been done not even the other church did that it's never been done you can't do it. wow five. you know how many people you could feed for that <laughs> no you can't you can't you don't have that money in the church no you can't do it ah you got not look you got up you made a big deal last week and now look at you now you're gonna have a building fund for the next 30 years because you're not gonna be able to get land and i'm and i'm there and and, and instantly after i'm pumped and encouraged the devil starts prowling around me even in the last week, like a roaring line, you can't do this. You get, you can't, you're just yeah, other churches have tried this and it's failed. You're gonna fail. That's what comes around. The devil is out to steal the God dream that you have. Yeah. He's out to come against you. COVID was easy for the devil. The devil came in and he stole dreams in COVID and he replaced it with fear. So how are you going to counteract the devil? Well, you counteract the devil with spiritual warfare, but spiritual warfare, some people misinterpret what spiritual warfare is. They think it's just getting really loud and yelling at the devil and speaking in tongues. I come against you. I, ha, who, sha, who, I sha, harder, harder. come against who By the blood, by the blood, by the, right? That's what some people think. Spiritual warfare is, and and that can be an outworking of spiritual warfare. But do you know where spiritual warfare is actually found? It's actually found in the day-to-day things. And Peter gives us a clue in that scripture of what we should be faithfully doing every single day. He tells us how to shake off the attack of the enemy. He tells us how to do it by this, humble yourselves. Give your anxiety and your cares to God. Be alert and be sober-minded. These are the everyday things that if we actually implement it and do it, that we can shake off the baggage of disappointment and counteract what the devil is putting against us. Spiritual warfare is more about solidifying our position rather than trying to go out and become a devil hunter. Listen to me, that went over a lot of your heads. Let me say it again. Spiritual warfare is more about solidifying the position you already have in Christ as a victor, as someone who has been bought by the blood. Spiritual warfare is not just about going out and hunting demons. It's actually about knowing who I am in Christ and operating out of that. We've already won. Do you know what spiritual warfare reveals? It reveals that we have already humbled ourselves. It reveals that we have already given our anxiety and our cares to God. It reveals that we are alert and it reveals that we are sober-minded. Big dreams require big steps of faith, but they also need the day-to-day faithfulness to actually get it won. You don't just win a race. You train, you practice, and you do the things every single day. When we started this church, I had dreams of stadiums. I had dreams. I mean, I had dreams of this in here. But there was only a few of us in a condo. And I would actually tell people, I'd go, I, I feel like I know steps, steps three to ten. But steps one to two, I just don't know. You know, like to start, just to start is the hardest sometimes. I didn't. Six and a half years ago, call up Crown Ballroom, say, hey guys, can I rent out your, your building please? Let's buy a big LED, let's get speaker, let's do this. I, I didn't do it, that was the dream I had. But it, you know how we've ended up in Crown Ballroom? Not because I called six and a half years ago, but six and a half years ago, I bought a motorbike And I would ride that motorbike around Metro Manila, meeting up with people, and talking to them, and praying for them, and discipling them. Kate would meet up with people. Kate would meet up with Pauline, who was always late. Before. Now she's on staff, and she's never late. You better never be late. We would meet up and we would disciple. And then we would raise up leaders. I would drive my motorbike to UP. UP Diliman, me and Max sat in the I know, I know. in the sunken garden. What sounds so romantic. <laughs> we read the word in the sunken garden. Right? That that's how we ended up in Crown, not because I had a big dream and I made some calls. But it's because then as I began to disciple different people, they began to disciple different people. They began to disciple more people. People like Kevin came, turned up to Metro Walk, looking to buy some vape. <laughs> Protein, shake. Protein shake, no, it was definitely a vape. Sees that there's a church over there and Kevin comes. And Kevin and Chinny, miracle, they're sitting in the front row right now. Who we've been praying for? And they're sitting in the miracle now because they because they began to lead. They began to lead connect groups. You led connect groups, right? You led connect groups. I'm sorry, there's so much has happened in six years. Like connect groups are worship leading. Chinny did dance for a little while. And right? It's the, the dream didn't just happen. The dream happened because of the everyday little things, the faithful little things that we are called to do. Luke 16, verse 10, whoever, this is Jesus speaking, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Oh, I pray that I would be honorable and trustworthy with every little thing that God gives me. I pray. Start. Be faithful in the day today. Be faithful in it. When the disappointment comes it's okay disappointment will come at you why because there's a devil that is prowling around you don't get upset expect expect it to come thankfully i knew that the devil was prowling and so when i was in the middle of it You can't do this. You've never been done. Uh, How are you going to? Even in those moments, even though it began to attack me, I just began to pray, no, 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 no. My God is bigger. My God is stronger. Look at what my God has already done. If he did it then, he can do it again. My God is bigger. My God is stronger. Look at what he's done. If he did it then, he can do it again. My God. And and my face is full. Doesn't mean I'm not going to get attacked. I'm still going to get attacked. I'm going to go see this land on Wednesday, and, and no doubt I'm going to be excited, but it's, it's going to be, it's, my, my faith will be attacked in it because it just seems so big. But we have to start somewhere, and we have to be faithful, faithful every day. Be humble, cast your cares, your anxieties on him. Be alert and be sober-minded. The third thing is this, that if we're going to live in this tension, then we better make sure we don't birth an Ishmael. Once you've decided to stay in the race, the next challenge is making sure that you stay on the correct path and you don't take a shortcut. Never let the disappointment of unfulfilled dreams cause you to take a shortcut in your life. When I was younger, I used to watch a cartoon called Wacky Races. Come on, any of the seasoned people with me here? Wacky races, on, oh, the season, you love this. And it was this cartoon. It was actually in the 60s, and then they redid it, I think, in the 90s. But it was like all these races, and they would race through America, 20 races, and the bad guy was this guy called Dick Dasterley. if you remember this. And he had his dog, Huck Muttley. It was Muttley, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what he would do, right? And every show was, was an entire race. They were racing. They were racing in the show, right? And, uh, and everyone, everyone would race, but Dick Dasterly and his dog, Muttley, they would always, he had the fastest car. He actually had the fastest car. He had the best technology in his car. He would race out in front of everybody else, and when he would get there, he would then stop and he would look for ways to try and get people off course. He would look for shortcuts. He would look to explode. I watched one the other day just to read. He exploded this, this canyon so that all the things would fall on him. But what would happen is, every time he tried to take a shortcut, he would end up losing. In fact, in the entire series, every single racer won a race except for him he was the only one that never won do you know why because he was constantly looking for shortcuts nothing will drive you to wanting to look for a shortcut faster than the disappointment of your dream not currently being fulfilled nothing will drive you to look well god said it but maybe i could do it this way god said it but maybe i could go that way This happened with Abram. If you know the story, you know what I'm about to say, but I'll say it for the sake of everyone here. Abram gets his promise from God, it's gonna happen. But first, let me tell you, first he doesn't even trust the promise because his first mistake is thinking that his inheritance has to go to his servant. So his first mistake is, I don't trust God, that I'm actually gonna have kids. And then he went a step further and he tried to rush the plans of God. Now this is when his wife got involved and Sarah gets involved and she says, hey Abram, I can't have children, which is who God promised the child to come through, but I've got a maidservant. Her name is Hagar. Why don't you lie with her, make her pregnant, and then you can have a son. And Abram did the stupidest thing that any husband has ever done. Uh, Oh, mean, If the offer is there, and so he lays with her, has a son, But guess what? It wasn't the way that God had designed the promise to happen. The son, the inheritance, the line was going to come through Sarah, not through the maidservant Hagar. And the problem is, is that even to this day, thousands of years later, there is still conflict in the world because of the decision that Abraham made. Ishmael was created, created basically from Ishmael came the Arabic Muslim line of people, and there has been conflict throughout the world since this happened, why? Because he tried to shortcut the promise of God. Well, God promised it, so I'm gonna work out how to do it my way. Don't let the disappointment tempt you to take a shortcut. If God has promised you a spouse, don't take the shortcut. Wait for God's best, don't settle. If God has promised you a business, don't take the shortcut. Don't pay the bribes, have integrity. It will cost you in the short term, but your integrity will win in the long term. If God has promised you school, to do your schoolwork. That was week three, week three. Don't take a shortcut, study. Don't cheat, don't plagiarize, learn from my mistakes. <laughs> the greatest and worst thing that ever happened to me was in Carta 95. You don't even know what that is. That was the first encyclopedia they put on a CD-ROM. So now I didn't have to copy Encyclopedia Britannica, I could just do copy and paste. The worst thing that ever happened. Don't, don't shortcut what God has gone, because I promise you in the long run, here's the thing. People say, but pastor, you don't understand. I have to do this. No, you don't have to do this. You're choosing to do it. Yeah, but you don't understand. It's the Philippines. Yes, I do understand. It's the Philippines, and I understand because I've seen people do it well, and I've seen people do it wrong. And when people do it wrong, it may look good in the short term, but I always see a lack of blessing in the future. There always seems to be trouble. There always just seems to be a little bit. Eh, 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 eh. And some like, well, Pastor, how can listen? I'm not. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be. I, sorry, I am trying to be blunt here. I am being blunt. But I understand everyone has their own situation. I get that. But I'm, I'm just t- I'm telling you, there's principles in the word of God that if you shortcut what God is calling you to do, there will be consequences. There has to be consequences. From King David knew a lot about carrying disappointment and feeling discouraged. I love what he penned so beautifully in Psalm chapter 40. This is what he said. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit out of the mud and out of the mire he set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand he put a new song in my mouth and a hymn of praise to our god many will see and fear the lord and put their trust in him do you know uh, do you know what what david did in this here in these first three verses of this psalm do you know what david did you know the only thing david, you know david did you know the only thing david you know what david did you know the only thing david did you know <laughs> he waited patiently everything else that happened God did it to him God was the one that turned and heard God was the one that lifted him out God was the one that set him on a rock God gave him a new song which is a new hope people will see God through you in this season of waiting don't rush the dream don't cut corners just chill partner with God and be faithful in the day today. Be faithful in everything in the day today. My last thought in carrying this tension of how do I shake off this disappointment that will come? How do I I live in this tension of the dream is there, I know it's there, but man, there just seems so much between me and there. My last point today is this, believe God believe god i love verse six in genesis what i read out at the beginning i think it's one of the most beautiful verses in the bible it says abram believed the lord and he credited to him as righteousness he believed you know what that means it means aligning my will with god's will it means listening to him and believing him jesus tells a whole parable the par- you know you know a lot of people don't even realize this just because of bible illiteracy or because we get taught in, in children's church we don't realize but you know the parable of building your house upon the sand and building your house on the rock right like we create all these preachings and all these stories about it, you know build it on the foundation of god you know the rock is the foundation of the lord it's this or not taking the easy way all and you can preach and you can pull things up do you know what that whole parable is simply about jesus said those who hear my words but don't Put it into practice is like a man who built his house upon the sand those who hear my words and put it into practice believe my words and here's the most important thing obey can i tell you this that there's a difference between belief and obey i believe the doctor when she tells me i need to eat healthy i don't disagree i believe her but do i obey her some people think that belief is good enough there's a difference between belief and obey hebrews chapter 11 it's often uh described as the hall of fame chapter in the bible the heroes the chapter of legends heroes the writer of hebrews goes through and begins to basically tell all the the legends of the Old Testament and for very good reason spends a lot of time on Abraham I mean Abraham is the one that was called by God that's what it says in verse 8 chapter 11 by faith Abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going by faith he made his home in the promised Land. And like a stranger in a foreign country he lived in tents as did isaac and jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is god and by faith even sarah who was past childbearing age was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise and so from this man and his a good as as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore isn't it beautiful how the writer of hebrews brings in what the story in genesis and, and he links it, the Bible is so unbelievable how it just links throughout the ages and links this, this story of Abram coming out of his tent to look and count the stars if you can because that will be your inheritance. And this writer comes and he brings it back and says the inheritance that he has. But I, I love verse eight and I love verse 10 because verse eight it so clearly says, Abram obeyed, Abraham he obeyed even when he didn't know where he was going. I'm telling you. I have a dream for this church, but I'll be honest, I don't know how we're gonna get there. I I got some plans, but already what God has done, I'm telling you, my dream never included a a, a, a virus. My dream never included something called COVID. I don't know about your dream. If it did, join the prophetic team because you're amazing. (laughs) But my dream never included COVID. And yet our church now is operating a certain way because of what happened with COVID. And God has blessed us but I don't know exactly where I'm going, but I know I need to obey. And that's why that beautiful Psalm, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. It doesn't say it's a big fog light pushing up every area so you know every twist and turn and every corner. Avoid that person. Don't date that person. How many of y'all wish that we'd heard that when we were younger? It's not. It is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path, which means this. I have to trust God to know that as I obey every single step, He will lead me and He will guide me on the path where I need to go. All I need to do is trust Him and obey. Verse 10, it talks about Sarah. Sarah past childbearing. She laughed. She laughed if you read in Genesis. She laughed when she overheard the traveling men with her husband say, Your wife will be pregnant in a year. She's standing behind, go, <laughs> no. she'd already gone through menopause. She is done. Hot flashes, everything gone. But by faith she believed. And she gave birth. Numerous as the stars. We need to obey. What does obeying look like in in your life? I don't know. It's between you and God. But I tell you, it looks like being faithful in the day to day. It looks like starting first, and then it looks like being faithful, and then it looks like not shortcutting. And it all comes back to this: obey. Obey. What's the dream? What has God lit inside of you to dream again? Well, it's time to obey it's time to walk it's time to wake up that dream again For some of you COVID is still there's people here today which I love so much that haven't been to church in two years because of COVID and you're back today I'm so thankful what has the devil robbed during COVID in the last two years that now it's time to go okay it's time to dream again What's the disappointment that you've been carrying today because of covid because of relationships because of finances because of my dysfunctional family my parents did what what is it because today is the day to shake it off and to say you know what god i'm gonna look to you because you're peaceful you're not freaking out you knew my parents were crazy it's okay i'm gonna shake it off you knew that i was gonna go into debt it's okay i'm gonna shake it off and i'm gonna trust you I'm going to lean into you. It's time to dream again and it's time to shake it off. You might have a scratch on your knee, but that's okay. You know why? Because it's a testimony. You might have scratches on your elbows and on your hands. I got into a motorcycle accident when I was 17 years old. I got little scars. Actually, by the grace of God, I have very little scars. I should have big scars. But God protected me by his grace. Apparently, people say you, you always have to have your first motorcycle accident, right? That's what you always. Have. So I'm done. I'm good. I had it at 17. I told Kate that before I met her. Now I can ride motorbikes in Jesus' name, please. Pucky. Uh, right, I've got these scars. I've got little scars. You won't be able to see it, but I've got a little scar right there. I've got a scar on my elbow. I got a scar and and you know you know when i see the scar it reminds me of what happened and i'm so thankful because in my case it reminds me that i could have died but god protected a stupid 17 year old god protected me so your 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 scratches yeah you'll get scratches don't get me wrong you're gonna get scratches life it's it's i'm not preaching some weird message where everything's fine because you have jesus world world is crazy but i got peace because i got jesus I got peace because I obey, but you got to start. Who here? Who here feels like today they need to shake off something? They need to shake off some disappointment. Come on, lift your hand so I know who I'm going to pray for in just a second. Who's got a bit of disappointment? Got a bit of unrealized dreams? Got got maybe something where, where you know you got something, but the devil is just prowling around you. Today, we're, we're gonna pray. There's way too many of you to come out and to pray and lay hands over. So I'm gonna pray for you where you are. And I believe that God's gonna shift something today. I really do. I really do. Before before we pray, I just wanna give every person here an opportunity to actually come before Jesus and do what I I talked about earlier in my message about repenting. Uh, I know that everyone just raised their hand. I'm going to pray. I'm just trying to work out how we're going to do this because I don't want to actually want to pray for people today. I don't want to rush it. So I really feel like there's disappointments that actually need to be really prayed for. And we need to do a bit of spiritual warfare, which is not yelling. We're not going to yell at you. Right. Some may do that, but it's not required. God doesn't respond to the loudness of your words. He responds to the truth that you're speaking. The name of Jesus is just as powerful when you whisper as when you shout it. as well. But sometimes you got to let it out. Anyway, and, uh, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you. I beg you today, do not walk out of this place. Do not get offline without coming into a relationship with Christ. The fact that I can repent and believe and what Acts chapter 3 said is that all my sins will be washed away. Just the mere fact of that is is so unbelievable and it's amazing. And the reason why I can repent and believe and my sins are washed away is because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross when he died on the cross and he rose victorious three days later, he made a way for me to come to God. I now have access to the God of the universe. All because of his son Jesus and what he did Jesus said I'm the only way the truth and the life no one can get to the Father except through me you cannot get to God just by going to church you cannot get to God by getting the necklace and praying some Hail Marys you cannot get to God by even having a confession with a priest in a box you cannot get to God by giving money to church or even to poor people the only way you can get to God is through Jesus Christ not a statue not a not good works not good teaching but only through Jesus Christ and God doesn't demand your perfection he just wants your humility to say I need Jesus if you're here you've never made this decision before maybe you made it a long time ago and and you walked away from Christ you don't currently have an active relationship with Jesus I want to pray for you right where you are right now could you all just bow your heads and close your eyes if you're online you can do the same thing as well you're here and you're saying James I've never made this decision before or maybe James I made this decision a long time ago but I have walked away if that's you on the count of three I'd love you to lift your hands nice and high because I want to pray for you right where you are online I want you to do the same thing as well if that's you on the count of three James I'm that first person or James I'm that second person there I'm coming back today that's you you lift your hands one two three right now all over this place awesome hands here hands on the side hands over here thank you Jesus anyone else would say yes hands over here anyone else if you're online it'd be cool if you could just throw in the chat hey that's me this is me i'm praying this prayer come on if you want to pray this prayer with me you raised your hand i want you to put your hand on your heart right now and we're all going to pray this prayer together in a moment we're going to pray for disappointments and dreams but right now we're going to pray a simple prayer that reflects what the apostle paul wrote in romans chapter 10 he said that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that jesus is lord you will be saved so come on say this with me say dear lord jesus Come to you right now and i ask you to forgive my sin i believe that you died on the cross but you rose victorious so right now i ask please come into my life be my lord and savior i want to obey you in all that i do in jesus name i pray amen amen can you give god praise for every person that just responded. Thank you so much for listening in. At Favor Church, we're a family, and we believe that the Christian journey should not be done alone. If something really spoke to you from the message, we would love to connect with you to talk it over. Or if you prayed the salvation prayer, we'd also love to be able to share more about the decision that you've just made. Please visit us at favor.church/next to learn more. If you want to share this podcast with a friend, Simply tap on the share button and send it through. We love you. We're praying for you. Till next time.